Welcome to the Fat Cats Rugby Podcast, bringing you candid rugby conversations, great interviews and insights into Ugandan rugby, and a touch of rugby in Africa and the world over. Fat Cats Rugby Podcast is a product of Fat Cats Media Brand for all your audiovisual content needs and equipment hire. Hope you enjoy this episode. So another um, Fat Cats podcast uh, today with the Fat Cats, um, myself in fly half. Back after Dungu had uh, his shot at the number 10 jersey, the coach dropped him and I'm back, uh, Ruben <laughs> Kiburo, <laughs> with uh, uh, fellow Fat Cats, Edwin and uh, Bruno. And a very, very distinguished guest, Ernest. Ernest, how are you? I'm okay, man. Uh, uh, thanks, Ruben. Thanks for mm. the Fat Cats. Uh, thanks invite, for inviting me. I would like to ask, yes. am I not the first skinny man on the Fat Cats podcast? Is he? Chisano is Could more skinnier be. than me. Chisano, Chisano is skinny man. <laughs> Plus Louis. Louis is no longer I don't understand why, why people still keep saying that Louis is skinny. Do people actually look at Louis exactly. when they're saying that? People have been daddy. saying Slim Daddy, Happy Birthday Slim yeah, that's Daddy. That's it. <laughs> Happy Birthday to one I, of our Fat Cats. I'm honored to Louis be the first Samuji. skinny man on the... Yes, and uh, on the Fat Cats podcast. <laughs> I yeah. hope he doesn't turn me into a Fat Cat. Oh, then I want to you after the show. So <laughs> before and after. <laughs> and after also the meals of the Fred and Winnie B&B, yes. uh, you might be heading in a different direction. Yeah, bro, I think I remember when uh, you and Edwin were rugby players. And now... Now uh, what? You, you've shifted slowly <laughs> from the double numbers, 12, 13, 10... Now it is five, four, probably one and two. So thanks for having me. Yeah. Um the heavens have uh, let loose, but still uh, nobody is going to stop rugby and rugby conversations. We are going to start with the Entebbe Sevens um that happened over the weekend, which was a one day tournament. Um contrary to what we've been having before, I think from last season and also coming into um uh, the Wakiso Sevens. So um, I'll start with you, Ernest. Um, having been there, what was your recollection of the Entebbe Sevens? What were your thoughts? Well, there was so much that was going on from walkovers that teams gave out to uh, much more. Yeah. First of all, I went to the Entebbe Sevens as a journalist, and I began the day as a head coach. Then I became <laughs> a team manager. <laughs> then I became a team manager. But it's more of... Uh, you know, some of those things that you have to do for your club. My club is Pirates, mm. and there were a few hiccups in their getting to, to Entebbe, so I had mm. to step in, and even after that, I will, I felt, I enjoyed the experience, so I asked Coach if I could continue with the role as TM, and they allowed me, so I was very honored to be TM. Um, <laughs> maybe just the one thing I could say about the whole circuit is that I managed one game and I won it, so probably the only coach in Uganda with a... One hundred percent win record. I guess, I guess box. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we won okay, that game okay. five zero. Down, down yeah. one man. Yeah, we, we played the whole tournament, the whole game with six men. But then, on the whole, Entebbe was. Uh, I think maybe it's too early to say it, but our seven circuits could be shaping up to be like we saw across the border in Kenya. Two circuits, mm. two different winners. In fact, two circuits, two different teams in the main cup final. Oh, okay. Four teams in the main cup final. So oh, that's, it's that's shaping great. up to be a rather exciting uh, seven series. And club allegiances aside, 
uh, what we saw at Wakiso Sevens and then Entebbe Sevens, both hosted by Uganda Rugby Union. Uh, I think uh, if the trend continues like this, we'll have more in, like rugby to to enjoy, uh, different from the script that we've already had, which is a good thing. Mm. Um, the weather threw the rugby off a bit, but that didn't stop the players from putting on their best. Uh, there are a couple of handling errors, left, right, and center. But I think the team that was most prepared that day, Heathens, mm. came out on top. Uh, they arrived early, they won their games, they did the easy stuff, and they walked off all the way, continued all the way up to the final. I was happy that after a long time, I've never seen Ginger Hippos in a sevens final. Probably they've been in some finals in tournaments that I've missed. But them uh, coming to the final means that there's now that one step. I've, if you read the work that I've been writing, I, have, yeah. I think Ginger Hippos should win a circuit, probably even the series. But yeah. it's taking them long, but this is a step. They've reached the final. Maybe next time they will get the main cup. On the whole, I, I enjoyed being in Entebbe. Mm. Yeah. Bruno, from a vibes perspective, tell us about Entebbe, the weather, the people, um, the action from your point of view. I think um, I managed to go Entebbe early in the morning. But the vibes became so low on the side of players and fans when they were hit with traffic jam on the northern bypass for guys that wanted to use the express highway. I, I, was, I was told it was because of some, some, some schools were closing on that day. So it also explains the teams, the walkovers that happened because uh, four, teams, four teams suffered the walkover. It survived that, and they managed to win it with, with six players. And then um, it was nice being in Entebbe. It was a busy pitch because outside the pitch was a market, which happens every Saturday, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was market there. So it was a busy pitch. Guys who couldn't enter, maybe who didn't pay entrance, were still in, on the fence watching through the, the mesh. Mm. It was it was a nice not until the weather I think towards the quarter towards the quarter quarter finals. Okay. That's when it hard, but it wasn't that heavy because the fans still remained in the stands, watched the game, and the players also the games continued as usual. Yeah. So I would like to talk about that one thing that uh, Bruno raises. Yeah. Um, the teams getting to 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 Entebbe. Uh, of course, there's. You wouldn't give it as a valid excuse it, because it the teams from excuse. Ginger made it. Walukuba mm. and Ginger Hippos were, were there the on first time. on the grounds. Yeah. They were there Even on before time. Mongas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mongas, Mongas in Entebbe <laughs> were there after the teams from Ginger. So you, it's not, I could say, valid excuse. But yeah. these things happen in planning, yeah. you know. And on the ground, you know, you could set. You say we'll be there by nine a.m. But something happens and it's outside your control. But four teams were unable to make it on time. That's Rhinos. Uh, Cobs, Pirates, and Box. Uh, Cobs and uh, Rhinos were unlucky at the start that the time when their games were supposed to kick off, they were not yet there, so they gave away walkovers. And you Cobs, know, there's Cobs one. gave it to Rams. Cobs gave it to Rams, and, and then, then Rhinos to Hippos. Rhinos to Buffaloes. Rhinos to Buffaloes. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Rhinos to Buffaloes. Uh, Pirates, uh, Box, and Cobs arrived at the same time. But the box game was a little late against Pirates. So by mm. the time uh, Cobbs were arriving, they were late, but Box were just in time for their game against Pirates. And then the Pirates players who were, who were able to make it made it because they traveled with the fans. And then the players who traveled with the team and the management came late. So that's how 
uh, there's that whole yeah, the four, the uh, four players, it. the four players that traveled with the fans, made it, and then we found some players, some who stay in Entebbe, some yeah. various players who stay in Entebbe. That's how pirate, like pirate bus is the one that had four players. I could say. Did <laughs> <laughs> the pirate bus uh, go? Yes, it did. Yes. Okay. It was that's ahead how, of the actually players. a very great initiative yeah. that yeah. you guys. That's did. how the that's how the players made it mm. to, to those games, and you can tell from the from the results at the end of the day that mm. that disorganization is what affected them. All the way until the end. Uh, Pirates dropped places. Rhinos uh, performed better, but this was a 12-team circuit. So it's, it's you could say on a lot of averages, they are the same. Cobbs uh, were at rock bottom, eighth place, and they've maintained that. Uh, same as uh, the other team that... Same as Box. Box placed last in, mm. in Entebbe. So you can see that getting there late affected how they would have loved to play at the end of the tournament. And I think... Uh, it's not a varied reason to give for a performance uh, at the end of the weekend, but then it significantly affected how some of those teams performed. And the teams that got there early, like Heathens, like Ginger Hippos, like Walukuwa, performed really well mm. on the whole. Yeah, so um, two different circuits have we've had so far, and we've had um, four different teams in the finals. Two teams in one final, two other teams in the other final. What does that have to say about um, this year's seventh circuit? Is it particularly that um, that uh, other teams are catching up to the big teams? Is it something about the big teams? Because we have seen a trend in previous uh, National Sevens uh, games where it's been either um, Cobbs or Pirates. Actually, Heathens winning in Entebbe, I think, is the first time since the last time they were in Entebbe, which was 2013. Yeah. as pretty much still a rookie around that time. But um, what are your thoughts on that, Anist, before uh, we hear from Edwin, who has been quite quiet? Um, so, first of all, I, you know two ways, yeah? As a player, as, as a person uh, attached to a club, I would want to see my team winning everything. Yeah? Yeah. But then when you look at it on a broader perspective, that um, the, the players who are like the cream of the cream on the national yeah. team, they are away, so we get to see more players. And this is what we looked forward to way before, in June, July. That's what we had hoped to see yeah. when, they, when they were, the 15s guys were away and then the 7s guys are away as well. We knew we'd be seeing new players coming up. Mm. And these are the same players who are still standing up to be counted. MVP of the first circuit was Aaron Tukey. He may be part of the national team setup, but he plays for Buffaloes. And on a normal 7s weekend when everyone is available, you wouldn't have a mention of Aaron Tukey. Same as the team of the yeah. week that was from the Wakiso 7s. We go to the to the Entebbe 7s, and a player who would not identify as a 7s player, Joachim Kisano, puts up the best performance on the weekend by a country mile. Yeah? Yeah. Comes and puts up, he inspires his team to their first second victory in close to 10 years. And you also see the team of the week from the Wakiso, from the Entebbe Sevens. Mm -hmm. I feel it is, it is a good thing for, for us because then uh, we know our national team, our national team Sevens has a core side of mm -hmm. the Sevens players, probably like nine players. But then there's that mm -hmm. gap between all the others. And then when you look at who, has, who is on the national team and who you would want to be on the national team, many people struggle to mention names that could uh, be the next generation of Sevens players. So this is a platform for the young boys for the guys who are little known the unsung heroes in those seven teams to stand up and and put up their hand to be selected by the national team and they're doing it that's the one thing i'm happy about that they're doing it you watch impis playing and mm -hmm. you can see that there's there's a young man called roy who is doing well in finishing for impis you watch uh, ginger hippos and 
um, they've they've stood up with uh, with Jacob Ochen as well. Fine, he is a name that we we can mention over and Mugisha. over again. Yeah, there's uh, Timothy Mugisha is part of the national team fold. He has not made the team in the two years that he has been training, but mm. you can see the difference that is between him and all the others. Uh, look at Walukuba; they have put up very good results in the past yeah. two circuits. Walukuba yeah. have just been promoted, and they are doing well in there. Uh, and then we now uh, go to teams like Mongas. Mongas are struggling, but then there are consistent players are there. There's, uh, I could say, Edgar Kairu. There's a uh, Cheche Morgan. They are still putting up performances that would, that you think you w- that you would not have seen on a random weekend when we have the players who are part of the national team fall. Yeah, actually, yeah. I thought that uh, this uh, the Interve Sevens would have been an opportunity for the Mongas to win something. Uh, in the pre-tournaments leading up to the National Sevens, they seemed to be one of the, the teams that really showed that they had made a lot of improvements. But uh, I think when the business came in, also other teams raised their level. Edwin, anything to submit to um, how the, the games are looking and how the winners are, are coming up? Yeah, me, Interve Sevens, uh, key thing was... Uh, one when, you, when I was asked by Mr. Dongo <laughs> about the teams I think I thought would go all the way, uh, I said Cobbs, Pirates, Ibis, and I threw in Ginger Hippos. So I'm the fat cat octopus. <laughs> I, I threw in uh, Ginger Hippos there and they went in and uh, played in the final. Uh, so that is number one. Number two is that photo, that game against Hippos and Rhinos. We don't know what was happening. Photographic interpretation was key there, but uh, I think a few people managed to like, decipher the picture and uh, and come up with it, uh, explaining it. And then number three maybe is from a part cut perspective. We had two of our panelists face off in the contact. Sano <laughs> and uh, Ivan Magoma and uh, process part cuts were happy. So, uh, but uh, I mean, the, it's I good to see. We would need to bring Kisano back for him to tell us exactly what was going on in his know, mind eh? in that carry. That, that kind of, are, eh? that kind of uh, should I call it disrespect for your captain? <laughs> no, the must. I've, I've spoken to Kim and, and and to Gomus, and in as much as they will tell us, like I oh, know it's it's how the game is played, and what I think there's some unfinished business. Yeah, I think too hard to I sort. think I think Kisano watched the previous podcast. Where Ivan was talking about yeah. how pirates is, is the team, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and team he said, "What they have old bucks that yeah. is only pirates <laughs> that can handle niggas." <laughs> so I was like, "Hey, we'll show you. We'll show I you." Was, you see, Steph in the final when he, he yeah. gave a guy in out and he went outside. I was like, "Hey, okay." So but all, all these tries throughout the circuit were so so nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sidestepping. He also sidestepped. I don't remember. Must be, must be Rams. Yeah, Chisano had a very beautiful beautiful Whatever he ate, he needs to keep eating that. But before we leave the the Entebbe Sevens, just to give a shout out to our venue sponsor, Fred and Winnie B&B, who are located in Kisasi, a homestay featuring 10 uh, self-contained private bedrooms consisting of two deluxe doubles, three standard doubles, one deluxe twin, and two standard twin bedrooms. The units come with a fully equipped kitchen, power backup system, Wi-Fi, laundry services, and a chef to cater to you every meal. Guests at Fred and Winnie B&B enjoy a sumptuous buffet breakfast with a choice of selected tropical fruits and juice. Pick up and drop off uh, to and from Entebbe International Airport as well as local transportation for getting around or for upcountry trips can be arranged if booked in advance. 
For you to be able to get in touch with them, call the number 0752693369. I repeat, call the number 0752693369. Tell them a fat cat sent you and uh, you'll be able to get amazing offers. So um, as we approach um, the final bit of this segment on the Entebbe 7s, um, we've looked at uh, a, quite a number of things and we are looking ahead to the, to the Arua 7s, which will be after this weekend, this weekend being a break. Um, Bruno, uh, how are the standings thus far before we get into any other nitty-gritties on this? Um, uh, Pirates dropped dropped points, of course. Uh, just need to get... Uh, yeah, I can see that uh, the thunder is, <laughs> is interrupting. It's part of the podcast today, so I'm sure people will bear with us. But Pirates pirates are still on top of the table because they had, they had really performed very well mm. in the Wakiso 7s at 37 points. Then of course the team, the team of the circuit in Entebbe, events came up and they are thirty-four points, and the Toyota Buffaloes, following their seniors mm. now at thirty-two, uh, hippos, and still the bottom mongers, Walukban, the Warriors, they are the, the last three. Edwin, the Warriors are in third, last, um, coming back. <laughs> Edwin could be the savior for the Warriors. In the I don't know how he's going to be moving around the pitch, but just roll me on the side. <laughs> they had, they had, the they had, they, they had yeah. a better circuit in Entebbe yeah. than, than Wakiso. They're really playing nice, and okay. yeah. I think hopefully Arua will favor them. The one challenging bit that Warriors faced was they were walking off against Box in mm. a placement game. I think should be the placement game for tenth. Yeah. Yes, tenth, eleventh placement game, semi final, and they you no, know, they were walking off for their last pool game, Warriors box, mm. and then the very next game was the placement game Still the for the quarter final, <laughs> and the way they drew and set up, it was them. So they got off the pitch, and as they were going off the pitch, they were they were told to come back on. The protest was yeah, since there's, a, just since there's, a, there's another semi final that's going to be played. There's another semi final be played before ours, but then their appeals could not be heard, and I think that's that's probably the biggest challenge. Yeah. that teams face in uh, these one-day circuits, which I think Uganda could be the only one that's playing one-day circuits. Ernest, I think you even remember one day, last season, one-day circuit in Soroti, the final was in, like the whole second half was in darkness. In darkness, I exactly. remember the yeah. final in so, Soroti. so bad. I think we should try and avoid those one-day games. And the other challenge is on, uh, is, on the, is on the quarterfinals as well. Yeah. Moving to the semis mm. now, quarter quarter final one. Who plays quarter final four? Yes, winner of the quarter they final. Play and they play the, the first, first semi final, meaning also that quarter final four winner connects. It, it, it happened. Minutes. It happened in Entebbe because now the Pirates had to play had to play Heathens, and Heathens had, had had a break of, of like one and a half hours, and Pirates had rested for ten minutes. Hey. <laughs> yeah, you mean so my names were just <laughs> If you play, of course, they were from the same pool. So if Pirates had won, that means it would have been Heathens mm. uh, in the in the what in in in, in the tight situation. In a tight situation, yeah. Right. But the winner from quarterfinal one plays the winner from quarterfinal four in yeah. semifinal one. Yeah. At on any one day, it will never be fair for the team that has won quarterfinal four. But it's just the way it is, and. Very few teams, I've seen very, very few teams play quarterfinal four and semifinal one and actually go ahead to win them. It's very, very rare on, on day one tournaments. And it's going to be the same story in Arua. It's a one-day tournament. Uh, the guys will have traveled for up to 8, 10, 11 hours. 
you go to Arua and you play rugby, you play five games, mm. uh, you play four games, and then you have the semi-final and the final, six games in a day. It's going to be very tough. But uh, now one clubs, day, second, be clubs have to plan very well and because Arua is so far, it's, yeah. it's close to 10 hours drive. So I think clubs will have to reach earlier in the day. The I day think before. the best yeah. bet for Arua would be a day before. But then a day before takes us actually to what we're going to talk about next is the fact that there have been so many complaints on social media that, you know what, man, you guys are telling us to do this to be here on time, but where is our money for facilitation? Where is our money for transportation? What's the issue with that? Yet there is supposed to be a budget for that. So we do, and the, I don't know if this is true. Um, we'll, I'll still put it on the rumor bit, but also the fact that many of these teams apparently haven't gotten their money from, from last season. So I don't know how, Edwin. Any thoughts on that? It's, it's a dire situation for clubs. I can imagine if me as a fan, I wanted to go to Aroa, how much I would have to part with to accommodate myself, put in fuel in a car, maybe service the car before and after. Feeding. Yeah, or even just even using a bus ticket. Yeah, and, and I go to Aroa, how much, then feeding and the like. How much would it cost me as a person? Roughly, you would come to maybe, let's say, 800 if I'm being really extravagant. Myself, for my comfort. Now imagine uh, a club of uh, 12 players, or coaching staff, physio, Medic. social media manager. <laughs> <laughs> you see, all those things, eh? it, it, it becomes really an expense. You, you look at the club and you'll have to part with maybe five, I'm saying even five maybe on the long side, but five million. For that whole uh, project, also considering you have to give allowances, you have to make sure you have training, and at the same time travel, have a fueled vehicle, uh, have a contingency plan in the event that the vehicle breaks down, travel on Thursday, preferably, and then get there maybe Friday morning or Thursday night, if you have uh, players who can afford to take that break on Friday. I mean, the clubs are really going to suffer. I don't know. I think and sponsorship also as well. It's in my thing. in my view, and we've had some of these conversations with some people. In my view, the growth of the game, the Uganda's need for growth of the game, has come at the cost of sustainability for the clubs. Um, in the sense that yes, we want to have these two day circuits. Already, we've started with one day circuits are hard, mm. and we want two day circuits. But our teams cannot cannot afford to have two day circuits. Yeah. Because of the costs that involve having people and, and the resources that you need for those two-day circuits. They cannot afford that. And now, so we are looking at one-day circuits. The, the challenge now becomes where we are holding those one-day circuits. We want the game to grow beyond Kampala. And that has been, that's, that's amazing. Yeah? But it's, it's leaving teams, uh, they are digging one pit to fill another one. And the pits that they are digging are becoming bigger and bigger. Last year, I went to Soroti and Gulu. And Kabale. This year we're going to Fort Potu and Arua. We could have gone to Mbale. That's even farther than we went last year. And the costs keep increasing. Of course, uh, the teams would expect some money from their sponsors, from their partners and everything. But on the ground, it's quite difficult for teams to receive money from, from these corporations, from these individuals. So how are the clubs running? There are people who are putting in the money. The guys who run this, who own the clubs, and then the guys, the individuals, the well-wishers of this team. Some could be coaches, some could be former players, some could be even current players are putting in their money to, so that the clubs can show up and play those games. 
I would think that uh, one of the things that, that's affecting our sport, and we will always have these discussions time and time again, they always keep coming up. Um, the people who are putting in the money know there's no money to put in. The people who are, who are supposed to be receiving the money, so let's say the players, the guys who need, for whom the resources are being collected, think mm. that the money is there, but it is not reaching them. And in the past, I want to believe that they were on the same table and they understand, by there's no money, yeah, but you can come and play. Yeah? When the money comes, we'll, get, we'll, we'll give you your money. Mm. But now, the people bringing in the money are saying there's no money and the guy is supposed to play or receive the money or, or supposed to show up or let's say maybe the union is telling the clubs that you have to be here. They do not believe that there's no money. What do yeah. you mean there's no money? Yeah. And 9.8 there's the 9.8 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's the 9.8 million. Why do you mean there's no money yeah. for us to go to Arua? What do you mean you're giving us? I saw claims last week. What do you mean you're giving us 300,000 for a weekend? There's supposed to be more money, but the, on the ground things are different. Um, for us on this other side of, of the wall, on maybe on and most times this Uganda rugby, the fraternity is heavy on the internet and on the ground it's a bit different. The people on who are on the internet are wondering the, the money was received, the money they said there's money, but how come there's no money? And that's that's what's causing problems. There's yeah. that whole seesaw of there's money, there's no money, there's money, there's money. We want to grow. And then now the people are saying we shouldn't go to Arua. It's like you're against the growth of the game. Yeah. And until everyone is on that round table and they understand where each and every person is coming from, the needs of the guys bringing in the money and the needs of the guys who are supposed to receive that money or who are putting their bodies on the line or providing these services, until they all agree on the situation where they are, it's, we're still going to have the same discussion, even 10 years from now. Well, um, as we um, get away from the Entebbe Sevens, just a shout out to um, um, Joaquin Kisano, who was the MVP, and he was also the first Fat Cats Dream Team MVP as well. And also a shout out to uh, Anolda Tukunda, who is currently the top try scorer notably that he did not score any try in Entebbe. <laughs> so he has nine tries from the Wakiso Sevens. He pulled a hamstring. It was a groin injury. Groin. 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 He pulled a groin in the first game. The first game. So that is, that is just to show you the impact of what he did. And uh, he has been nicknamed Safe Border, so you can probably check the app and see if you can order. Interestingly, Border has just passed. That could have been Adolda Tukunda. Yeah. But anyway... Moving on to schools rugby, there was schools rugby midweek, uh, yesterday I should say, uh, for those that are watching it, um, that is Tuesday. Um, int- the first thing that caught my eyes, why was it on Fufa TV? Why not, why not Kawo? Why was it on Fufa TV? But that plummy, but I was like, you know what, at least they are showing rugby. Let me chill. It's yeah. all. Man, our sport is in a difficult place in terms of uh, this. This is an organization which has shown up to to grow because there also, there's also football happening. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Fufa TV. Uh, and thankfully, we, we are really, really thankful. Yeah, I know, man. But we shouldn't be in such a position to start with. But mm. we're thankful that there's actually a chance for us to watch these games. Um, I am. If the schools' games are being broadcast, and the if the national sevens games are not being broadcast. Definitely, the schools' games will not be broadcast. We're just fortunate, we're just lucky yeah. that there's someone who was able to provide the service. Whether it is for free or at a cost, we do not know yet. But then at least we're able to watch these games. The one thing I find unique or interesting is that the games have not been played all on day one. So that's a good thing, that the students are getting to play rugby over different days. However, there's a day in the middle. So they played on 
Tuesday, skipped mm. yesterday, Wednesday, and they've played today, Wednesday. The other good thing I like about the schools league, and I think uh, in the we'll get to see some of the results as the tournament goes on. Uh, teams are performing well. I first of all, I'm proud of my school, Terry School. Uh, we're doing well. We're still unbeaten on the second day, and we've uh, played some some really really worthy 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 opponents. I'm surprised that Smack who did not participate. I'm not surprised, but then I would have expected them to pick themselves up much quicker. They did not participate in the schools' games in the central region. Mm. And they've gone for nationals, and that gap of not having played in the in the schools league this year. So that means they've not played rugby from 2020. Okay. Yeah, it's beginning to show wow. that absence from active rugby is beginning to show in how they are playing. But kudos to Ginger Hippos, kudos to Hannah Mixed, who, no, Ginger, Ginger SS, SS, which has many Ginger Hippos players, <laughs> and uh, some from Walukuba. Yeah. Uh, kudos to them and how they are playing. I think uh, going to the final, we'll probably have uh, Hannah, Ginger SS, and probably in Tari. There's uh, a school from Masaka which has sent two teams for, for this tournament. That's so right. that's... Yeah. That's good for grassroots rugby. Well. Been, eh? <laughs> 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 uh, it's all with you, but yeah. and it's 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 just great to see that there are a lot more uh, sides playing rugby, and also some of the teams that ordinarily wouldn't have been as good are now playing better. And Terry, um, uh, special mention, and the smartest, the joy it gives me. And I'm sure Edwin as well. <laughs> see them suffer. No coin <laughs> toss. No it, it is not enough that they should that you should not win. They should lose as well. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, um, any other submissions on the schools rugby before we jump from that? All right, gentlemen. The the big one, the Challenger series. So we had uh, our boys, who I should say we uh, were received like heroes today. We're going to talk about that, but let us first talk about the action. All the way from the Commonwealth in Birmingham, they flew to South America, Chile, where they were uh, they they were able to um, to get a shot at being part of the HSBC uh, World Series. But unfortunately, we came up short. Uh, I'll start with you, Bruno. What are your thoughts about the tournament in general? What were your highlights and? Uh, what maybe pissed you off about that tournament? Uh, I'll start with what pissed me off. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it was the game against Germany. I mean, Edwin will talk about the calls. <laughs> he has them, he has the clips, has been talking about it, but it was such a horrible night, man. Waking yeah. up to, to watch the game and, and the calls that were made and the moods of the players it was so, so bad. You could even feel the tweets that were sent by the players on their accounts. It was so bad, but I was also glad that after that, we managed to pick up and play the next games and we performed better. So it was a nice tournament. And for me, one thing that makes me proud is, is how these players have been really, really good uh, from the Commonwealth and, and the resilience and how fit they are. Uh, I see on social media, guys have really stepped up to to thank um, Timo, Timo Mudol and, and the work he has done. The boys are so, so fit. That's the one beauty about the games we've played. And, and you can also now trust any other games and any other tournaments or friendlies that, that, uh, that the Sevens will be involved in. The boys want to win. 
the boys want to win. That's you can you can even tell from their movements, their tackles, their attitude on pitch, how how communication on uh, um, I mean amongst them on pitch is. It's it's beautiful to watch and. To me, I still think this this is the best sevens team we we've ever watched, the national team, and yeah, very proud of. Even better than the one that beat France. <laughs> 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 yeah, so anyway. that 2004. Yeah, yeah the Dubai are giving yeah. us that information. Yeah. The one that beat France team. didn't go for the World Cup. So there was no sevens World Cup also. So. There was, yes, I don't surely there was. There has to have been. Yeah, there was no sevens World Cup. Two thousand, two thousand three. The World Cup is very is a very recent tournament, by the way. You can check. We'll check. We'll check. We'll check. Anyway, Edwin. So um, we he has shared his sentiments about the about the game. I'm sure we're all wherever we're watching from. Personally, I was in a, at a certain place <laughs> with a certain few people, um, consuming a certain bunch of beverages. Very emotional night. Like I was in in a frenzy celebration. Like let us order out the bar. Oh, I've given yeah. myself there. But yeah. then all, all of a sudden, in seconds, in seconds, a win turns into a loss. What what were your thoughts? I remember we had an argument about that a bit, but mine. There's nothing as painful. Uh, I watched the game. I was in my house. I watched it. I couldn't believe what I had seen. I... Had man- I managed to rewind the link and watch those last, that last one minute or before the squad eventually in the added on time. Yeah. And, ah, oh my God. You know that feeling when you shiver, when you get butterflies? See, that pain you have, it was, well, it's indescribable, but... It was. I think if I think if Dungu was here, would have given us a very perfect relationship analogy yes, to fit that moment. We were had done by. Let's let's put it bluntly. We were had done by uh, two referring calls. Me personally, I've sat down and I've watched it a little bit. There were two calls. Maybe I'll add a third. The first one was uh, let's let's build back the sequence of play. Play is not for to touch. Um, Germany line out. Germany wins the line-out, we give away a penalty. On their five. The line-out yeah, was the five. five. Then we give away another penalty, I think, in the 10 offside. Yeah. Then uh, one of their wingers takes a, a, a mad run, a double tackle by Aaron and Michael. Aaron is the one who you could say held him. And Michael, you could see a little bit of daylight. Not even a little bit, was daylight in between the tackle and the release. You could see now Michael goes in for the for the jackal, he goes in, he steals the ball, and the ref says, holding on. What happens? Germany scores a try. Now when Germany scores the try, there is the aspect of the hooter. Now if you watched it live, you could not necessarily hear the hooter. But there is the aspect of the timer. You could see when the guy got the ball down. Actually, when it's on zero, He's actually still running. He's still in yeah. motion. He's still in motion, running. So he scored a so negative. negative zero, two seconds. Yeah. And even just says, no, 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 we're going, we don't want the kick, we're going back to what? Uh, to kick off. And that's the first thing where we passed that to and we're like, okay, you know what? I think the time is up. They said there's still time for a kickoff. Now this is where my third thing comes in. And I'm sure we'll get that clip of the kickoff. When the kickoff, Sega jumps up for the ball. 
The kick is short. The kick is short. There's a little bit of contact in the air, and as a result of that, what happens? He knocks the ball on. So the ref says knock on. The kick was short. Yeah. I also saw that. I saw tweets about that the kick was short. So for me, the thing I saw is that Siga jumps up for the ball, and then he's kind of taken out in the air. Yeah. And it's you could see that he was played in the air, and that was not called. It was something what was very very fishy to me. And then the heartbreak happens and we, we end up losing the game. Now, to, to, to testify and show how we were hard done by the refereeing calls, our coach Tony is a very calm man. But that small clip of like two seconds, yeah. where you see the guy real telling the, one of the officials, you could see the guy was really livid, man. Our chance disappeared. And the guy who won the tournament is the guy we beat in the first game. Uruguay. That's, That's the thing that hurts even the most. <laughs> I know. Eh? Yeah. So, um, man, that tournament. Eh? Okay, I'd like to play devil's advocate. Mm. Um, it was 14 nil at halftime. Yeah. 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 We could have buried that game. That, that line out that changed the game. If Because it was a 3v1 situation. Isaac Massa, Michael Crash, and Timo Sechsinger. Yeah. All Massa needed to do was send the ball out. Yeah. Mm. To Michael, through the hands to Sechsinger. We scored in the corner. 19-0. 14-0, those are two tries. Mm. Teams hardly come back from three tries down. Yeah. Hardly. Yeah. Very, very so rare. Hard, yeah. The teams come back from three tries down. So we could have buried that game. Yes, fine. We were cheated. The truth of the matter is, even me, my feelings initially is that we were cheated. But when you're in a situation where Uganda was at that moment, mm. yeah, you learn to play against all odds. And we've seen it in... We can do it at our clubs. There are teams where you'll be playing some games and they are saying the ref is going to favor this team. So you leave nothing to chance. Right. At right. the breakdown, you just say do not contest. And teams, when they are training, they say back foot, take one step back. Even when the back foot is here, take another step back. Uh, no 50-50 because you don't leave anything to chance. Mm. It's unfortunate that we, that we were hard done by those calls. But we left that tiny bit. We left that room for rigor for, for such things to happen to us. Mm. Um, if because I, I think in the lead up from the time Germany moved from their own five to our five, we had given away like five penalties. Yeah, so a lot of we penalties. Kept, yeah, we gave away many penalties. I remember penalties. them. Yeah. Yeah. The first and one was the throw in the five. Second one was an offside call uh, on the side. And then we, we we had we had the aspect of um, the Michael uh, thing. Yeah. The mistake. Now start from yeah. the kickoff. And now it's like a desperate situation. You know when you know you're hanging on for the win, yeah. Yeah. And that desperate situation, I feel like we, it's unfortunate. Like looking back, yeah, we have the benefit of hindsight. Looking back, I don't know what the players could have done better yeah. in trying to win that game there and then because with with I think a minute to, with 30 seconds left to play, we were still 14. We were still uh, 14, 14, five. 14, 14 five. 14 five. 14 five. They scored two tries in 30 seconds. We left. I think it was even food. less than thirty seconds. I spent, because me, I was I spent sure. two hours awake, like because I knew, like I'm going to watch this game, write the report, then go to sleep. But I was in so much pain that I didn't sleep that night. Man, sleep yeah. was hard. It was hard to sleep. Was hard. Yeah. But when, nice. when, like after all the grief and all the all the stages of grief, after I accepted that we had lost the game, yeah. I sat back and and asked myself, but how did we, you know, how did we get here? And I realized that we left. Those, we left many things to chance, which gave whatever conspired against us 
an opportunity to happen. Now I'll ask you, going forward uh, against Samoa, and I'm thinking even next year, because I'm sure we'll, mm. we'll be able to reach the HSBC uh, Challenger Series next year. What do you think in, in such... Forget, we have showed that we have grown. Mm. Now what about on those aspects? Those, do you think the last uh, two minutes, three minutes of the game against Germany should be our blueprint entering the new year? Yeah, uh, first of all, um, the one thing that... Fine, Uganda is a team that's very entertaining. Yeah? And that is the one thing that, that, puts, uh, that puts the attention to us. And we need that. Our players need that. But if you look at championship-winning teams, they hardly appear in highlight reels. Yeah. You will very rarely see Australia, who won both men and women, who won the seven series. You will hardly see them in highlight reels. Just go out there, do the ugly business, win and walk away. Yeah. Mm, okay. But that's not who we are. Our, let me call it like our, our character is we will, we will express ourselves. Our players will express themselves. But we need to start being ruthless. Yeah. Yeah. We need to start, you go there, scrum down, run straight, score the try. And it's easy for me to say these things from here. I'm not a player. It's yeah. easy for me to say yeah. these things. But then we need to be as clinical and efficient as possible. So that once we've done all those things, we do not leave anything to chance. That hope step you're trying to make to shake an opponent instead of passing the ball, that, uh, let me say, that big powerful tackle that you're trying to make and it ends up being a high tackle and that's a yellow card. You're trying to flip a guy. Mm. You know, some of those things. Just do the simple stuff. I think that, like, this is a lesson that we shouldn't have learned because it was our best shot for the HSBC series. Yeah, yeah. It was a painful lesson that shouldn't have learned. But now that it has come, I feel, and I know our players who have worked for close seven years, yeah, we look back at this and it will inspire them to even uh, give it another good shot. We will need to reach a point whereby we win games. We don't leave anything to chance, whether in attack or in defense. Go there, do your job, and then just leave. Uh, whether our fans will be uh, happy or not, the fans do not care if you're winning. Yeah? And some of the times, it's just because this time we were, I could say Uganda is a bit more united now watching our national team play. But there are times when, there are times when you would lose and then the players are being abused. Just because we've lost the game, mm, and yeah. there's people are people are testing their mental health for losing. Already they've lost; it's already tested on their mental health. But then they're getting a lot of uh, slack. They're taking a lot of uh, backlash. word, yeah, backlash from from the player, from the people who have watched them. But when you win, whether you've won by one point or by two points, everyone is happy. The win is a real yeah. win. Yeah. So I think that's just that's the one thing that we just don't need to leave anything to chance. It's easy for me to say that from here. Yeah, I I cannot compete with those players, but I know that the moment we turn that page, where we are now looking at the the business, like you remember how we played the Africa Cup, business, just go there, score, just yeah. keep scoring, just wow. make the tackles, walk away, yeah, and then after that, then that's when we start seeing the the guys are enjoying themselves. That attitude is what we'll need to carry uh, forward in in the other tournaments, and I'm I'm certain that. Uh, with with how the team has played and the core of the team, the nine players, and then now these guys who are being faced in, it will take maybe some time. Uh, after the World Cup, we go into the next World Cup cycle. It will take maybe like a year or two, and then we will have another very good shot. Mm. If we can keep our players in, this core of players in, uh, for, the, for this year and then maybe next year, 
I think that in the next two years we shall have another very good shot for the HSBC World Series. Maybe a fun fact is that uh, one of the coaches of the Germany team was Philipp Snyman. Ah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you understand why he almost doesn't And I think probably, but Uganda still played better. I think it was the best game that you could have played. Yeah, against against what Germany. Very so if, if that second time meeting Germany, we're beating them. Yeah. yeah, if if we could have played against Germany with, a co- with them being coached by a, by a person who knows us, a person who spent two weeks with us, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. Philips Neiman, and we still performed that well. I think it goes to show the level where Uganda has reached. Yeah. But we are at a level where by five years, seven years ago, when it was good uh, for us to go, and then we entertained with the likes of Eric Kasita, our captain. We won the Africa Cup with him, qualified for the World Cup with him. Uh, with the likes of Ramadan Govule, when Echodu was still a sevens player, Keith yes. Seriangi on the wheels, yes. where it was nice to show up and play. Yeah? Yes. Uganda has moved the level whereby us, we can no longer be proud of how ah, we drew against Australia. Mm. Because you remember that draw against Australia. Yeah. We left that game. The players and us were feeling we should have should won, won the game. Yeah. We, should have won. we have reached the level whereby we now expect to win. Yeah. And now the challenge is on have we won, why have we not won? Mm. And then the next step is what do we do to ensure that we keep winning? We keep winning. Yeah. And we have done that in the on the African level, whereby we can go for a tournament and not reaching the final and winning it is a failure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I think the uh, team just mm, one more thing. The team mm. set its own targets. And the in the press releases with the uh, World Rugby, Coach Tolbert mentioned it, Michael Crutch mentioned it. We set a target of getting out of the pool stage in the Commonwealth Games. We fell short of the target. And they recognize that. They say, fine, but there are some wins, there are some positives that we can take to Chile. The target for Chile was winning the final. We did not reach. Um, and, and that we fell off the mark that we had wanted. But that same mentality that uh, using the Commonwealth Games as springboard for World for Challenger Series, I'm sure that the setup with uh, Coach Tolbert and, and his players and then his technical support will use some of these uh, the experiences from World Series to prepare for the World Cup, which is in three weeks. And I think I, I expect a, a very good performance, win a few games at the, at the World Cup from Uganda. Yeah, definitely. Um, the boys, I'm sure, learned a lot. Um, personally, me, I think also one of the few places I need, they need to pick up on is the restarts. We started with... Uh, um, having very good restarts back in Birmingham, but then somehow uh, we seem to have a very hard challenge in getting our own ball, especially when they put that kick, that short kick in the middle. That's a, there's a very big challenge there. But um, I'm sure that the boys will uh, look. But they came back today, received like the champions that they are. A lot of hugs, a lot of uh, moments that make many of us say, hey, mama, hey, mama. Yeah. <laughs> must be nice. Yeah, but it's great to see the boys back. Uh, they can get some rest and then maybe they can uh, switch their mindset onto the Rugby World Cup. Um, but in the interest of time, gentlemen, um, no, uh, no, no rugby this weekend um, locally. What are you guys going to be doing with your weekend? Just in a few seconds, each of you, starting with you, Ines. I will watch replays of rugby games. I like my life is too much into rugby, and I think there's uh, the rugby championship, so I'll watch that. Yeah. And then if there's no rugby. We'll just look for some rugby to do. Maybe the national team players I, will be some. I, I recommend, so just you, I recommend you, you whatever you you play some rugby challenge, maybe on video game if you're a gamer. Yeah, perhaps. Bruno, uh, I'll be at the rugby chill. Yeah, uh, there is a welcome party for the sevens 
players who are back. That's Friday, then, right? Uh, there will be some training and some touch rugby. So I'll be oh, yeah, that's great. Edwin. Rugby chill. <laughs> <laughs> I think you, rugby chill is the place. I think you know where some FBL. Yeah. <laughs> you know where to find the fat cuts, um, gentlemen. Thank you for your time. Uh, we will definitely. We had something we left out, but in the interest of time, we shall carry it forward and hopefully have um, Ernest back as well. Um, but um, thank you for your time yet again. For all those that are uh, watching, thank you for subscribing. For those that have not yet subscribed, please click the button so that we can continue to engage you and share with us what your experiences are. Don't forget to follow us on social media. There's a lot more coming from the Fat Cats brand. So um, just from us here today, we're wishing you all the best. Cheers. Thanks for listening in. Share with us your thoughts from today's episode. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.